Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski. And on today's episode we don't have any matches to talk about but we have a ton of roster mania stuff that we could discuss. Um, the New York Subliner is probably the biggest story just based on uh, the flank episode um, a few nights ago, uh, but pretty much, um, you know, 75% of the league has made changes at this point or has announced some kind of changes. Uh, but before we get into any of that, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing all right. Uh, like you said, uh, roster mania is officially underway and um, we haven't seen technically any like roster swaps or anything like that, but um, we're starting to hear about the free agency status of certain individuals. So ready to hop right into that. Yeah. So the reason that we're hearing so much, uh, we heard so much over the past two or three days is because uh, August 15th. Um, so the beginning of August 15th was uh, the cutoff point uh, to when teams needed to exercise their team options on players' contracts. So the players that were already under contract with them, uh, they could exercise uh, a one-year team option and keep them under contract for the next year. Um, some teams decided to do so. Um, the Los Angeles Gorillas announced that they have kept uh, all but gunless on their roster uh, or under contract at least for the team options. And then there are teams like uh, the Minnesota Rocker who had uh, a bunch of unrestricted free agents, the Florida Mutineers, same boat. Um, but I think the the team that we probably should start with is the New York Subliners just because there was so much drama around them. There's really not all that much roster mania stuff happening with them because it's not like their entire team is hitting free agency immediately. Um, but I want to talk about the, the Subliners because we had this... I don't know, like it felt like an eight-hour flank episode um, where Crim6 came on, uh, Hydra ended up coming on, Paul X came on, um, D-Rill, the head coach of the Subliners, uh, he also came on, and it just kind of started a war between NYSL, um, and apparently they were going through all of these issues. They were, um, like every, it was basically every day they would have a new issue that they would have to try to resolve and I, I just I bring this up because I told I said this right before we went live, but I think it is frankly ridiculous and somehow miraculous that one they were able to even qualify for champs with how you know how poorly they did in the first three quarters of the season entering um, the major four qualifiers in eleventh place, and then with everything that was happening, they somehow made champs. They got second at the major, and I think they even won a match at champs which uh I'd, i just i i'm amazed by it uh what was your kind of take or your view on like what was happening over the past um you know half a week within the new york camp yeah no i had the exact same thought process as you hear that you know i don't really care too much about the drama side of things and all that he should he said and you know back and forth um obviously if you guys are interested in that definitely go check out the flank it was certainly entertaining at the start then it got a little bit um i don't know what the right word is but you know it, it got a, a bit more strange or took a little bit of a turn later on and it beyond even some of the drama stuff so um if you guys are interested in that go check that out we're not going to talk about it too much but that's i had the same thought as preston and 
um, the sense that considering all of this stuff that was going on behind the scenes that nobody really knew about, um, the fact that New York was able to go on the miraculous run they did just to qualify for champs is even more impressive in my eyes now. Um, one thing they did talk about, too, on the flank, uh, at least according to Krim, was that uh, Neptune had, like, a really bad thumb injury early in the season, mm-hmm. and um, that wasn't, like, public information beforehand, and that could explain some of uh, his struggles early in the season, and therefore some of New York's struggles early in the season as well. Um, so I thought that was, you know, very interesting, and... Um, yeah, like I said, that kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with some of their struggles, I would imagine. Um, but it's also strange that that was the first time we we heard about this, um, publicly, at least in my opinion. So that's definitely worth noting and, you know, not really as much on the drama side of things. So, um, like I said, you guys want to go check out the flank, obviously, um, very entertaining episode for the most part. Definitely go do that. Um, we're not going to talk about the drama side of things though, much more beyond that. Yeah, so Neptune apparently had a uh, like an open wound or uh, like a sore that was like almost infected on his thumb, um, and this was earlier in the year when he was with the subliners, and apparently this caused issues, but within the the subliners team within the organization as a whole, I guess at least from what uh, Crimsick said, um, where there was uh, you know people wanted him to go shoot like these uh, content shoots or whatnot, and he was you know they thought he should be like going to the hospital or getting treatment for the thumb. Um, It's just a really weird situation. Um, And as far as like the roster mania stuff that relates to the subliners, um, Crim6 announced that he's an unrestricted free agent uh, this offseason. Paul X uh, said he is a restricted free agent, which um, is not really a technical term for the CDL, but um, it comes from traditional sports. Uh, Essentially, Paul X is going to be under contract uh, this coming season for the subliners, or that is the plan until uh, he is bought out or traded to another team. Um, you know, so if if you do hear restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent, I guess we should just like briefly explain uh, for anybody that's just tuning in. Unrestricted free agent is basically like you don't have any restrictions, you're not under contract, um, and you're free to sign with any team. You know, really in the CDL, uh, restricted free agent is um you are under contract so in paul's case i think he is under contract for the coming season but um the 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 subliners have essentially made him available to be bought out um if he wants to explore other options he can do so Uh, for example if he wanted to go to florida he could go to the florida mutineers organization and say i really want to do this this is how much my buyout buyout is um you can negotiate it with the subliners and then they can do that neptune was bought out uh, from the mutineers by the subliners, for example. And I think Crim6 was also bought out uh, from Dallas by the subliners. So it, it's happened before, um, and Paul X is um, apparently a restricted free agent. And then the coaching staff, so Revan, uh, who has been um, you know, a coach, kind of manager of the team, he is an unrestricted free agent. And JP, who is a part of the coaching staff as an analyst um, and kind of a stats guru, uh, he is also an unrestricted free agent. So a lot of moves uh, for the subliners. What do you make of these moves? Um, and we don't really know if 
things will continue to progress because Kismet has not announced that he is uh, like what his free agency status is. Hydra, uh, who knows what happens with him? And I think Clayser has also said that he is an unrestricted free agent, but he's you know we kind of figured since he was on the bench the entire season. So, what do you make of what's going on with the subliners at the moment? Yeah, just want to say on, on that front, there you know um, Crone at CDL Intel has been tweeting out. Um, some of the moves too. I think that, and you know, uh, Ben J Nassim too has been uh, doing streams and uh, content around this roster meaning period as well. But I just want to say, at least for our purposes, um, the moves we're going to be talking about here are the ones that have been either officially announced by the players themselves or the organizations. Yeah. Um. So we're not going to, you know, speculate on some other things. Um, for example, like with New York here, there's already some rumors about a massive bidding war for Hydra between like New York and, and or, uh, sorry, New York and LAG. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously can't really talk on that until it's confirmed or even, I mean, if, if Crone's going to do an actual report on that, then we'll certainly uh, be able to discuss about that because we obviously trust Crone. Yeah. Um, but until then, we're going to stick to what's officially been confirmed by players and organizations themselves. And, uh, yeah, so beyond that, right now, like you said, it's, it's really just – it looks like Hydra um, and Kismet on New York at the time. But a lot of things can change. We just know Krim uh, won't be on New York next year, it certainly seems. And uh, Paul X being restricted, that's kind of a uh, – it's a, a move that makes sense from the organization standpoint because you got to assume he was brought in midseason, likely on the minimum mm-hmm. or, you know, close to the minimum, which means in, in, based on how he played, it'd be a smart uh, business decision if multiple organizations are interested in his services, they at least get a buyout back in return. Um, obviously, that's not ideal for Paul X, but that's, you know, the business side of things here. So yeah. um, hopefully, and I know he tweeted out, like, being frustrated and making it seem as if he'll be in challengers to start the next year. I hope for his sake that's not the case. Uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that and see how things develop for him in the offseason. Yeah, and I think one thing, because you mentioned the uh, alleged bidding war between LAG and NYSL over Hydra, I think we should also mention that um, apparently there were rumors or plans, like legitimate plans, uh, within the subliners that uh, they would team Hydra and Skies together for next season. That's according to, I believe, Paul kind of he messaged it to the group in team speak and then they said it on the stream so um that uh, appears to be or uh, at one point appeared to be a plan for the subliners but so much can change in roster mania like with uh skies being unrestricted free agent and you know the contract status of hydra being debated and kind of bid against apparently um things can change you know very easily all you have to look to is the inaugural cdl roster mania when the seattle surge were on the brink of signing envoy and arsides and they ended up signing quite literally one of the worst rosters in call of duty league history and they they got last place so um things can change very quickly and depending on contract statuses um we don't really know what's going to go on uh, but the subliners, everything seems to be in flux. Um, some teams that have not announced any changes, and we don't really plan, uh, expect them to. Um, Atlanta phase, we don't expect them to make any changes. And 
I believe Arsides had said uh, a few weeks before champs that they had already re-signed the entire team had. Um, so uh, we expect them to stand pat uh, by that. Optic Texas has not announced any changes, but uh, apparently Illy and Shotzi are um, free agents. They, they could uh, change, but the overwhelming, you know, like, uh, sense seems to be that they might resign with Optic and the uh, defending Call of Duty League champions, the Los Angeles Thieves. Um, their starting roster probably uh, very likely will not change. I don't know how many uh, champs winners decide to change rosters after that, but Pentagram, who was their substitute for the entire season, um, he announced that he's an unrestricted free agent. So, um, you know, we wish him the best of luck in that. Um, there was also a, a few uh, substitutes that announced. Um, that they were, uh, you know, unrestricted or restricted free agents. Uh, but let's talk about um, Florida because we've already talked a little bit about Skies, but um, the overall sense is that Florida, um, almost their entire roster is unrestricted free agents. Um, so Skies, Yees, uh, Awakening, and Major Maniac, and Too Real are all unrestricted free agents heading into um heading into the free agency offseason period dave patty is interestingly not a part of that list he will be on the florida roster or he's under contract at least um and i think that's interesting that like personally and you know i don't know what's going on behind the scenes i would love to keep uh, skies and awakening i know some people have their opinions that you, you pick one or the other, and then you go from there as far as your roster construction. But it appears like there's a, a real chance that they won't have either and that they'll kind of build around Dave Patty, who, you know, I think is good. I think he, if you make him an AR and you build your roster around him, I think that's fine. Uh, what do you make of Florida and um, their announcement that most of their roster um, is are unrestricted free agents? Yeah, I think it makes well what what I was going to say um for optic we just didn't mention that Prolute in general were oh, announced yep, sorry. as unrestricted free agents for the subs. Um and on that front too what I was gonna say was that I think um after the Empire won the world championship in AMW instead of like extending the one plus one I believe like all the Dallas guys signed new contracts. Mm -hmm. which would mean that their one plus one was activated for uh, this past year, the plus one, which is why they could be free agents. Um, again, I think that I'm not 100% on that, but I believe that's what um, somebody said on stream, like um, about the new contracts, at least. So just doing the math kind of rounds up. Um, I was going to say that might be the case here with like Awakening and Skies, but obviously that doesn't really make sense because Skies has been with Florida for three years now um, and Awakening's been with them for two and a half. So um Regardless of the contract situation, I would be very surprised if Awakening isn't a part of Florida last year, despite his or next year. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> um, I'd be surprised if Awakening wasn't on Florida this upcoming season, um, just because of the relationship he has with Willett, who's the head coach of Florida. If Florida makes a coaching change, then maybe there's a situation where they decide to move on from Awakening, and you know who knows, maybe like Awakening. Um, gets a, a an offer he can't refuse from another team, but um, I just know I'm I'm pretty sure I remember looking up that like Awakening Willet were teammates at one point before they both were in the CDL in their respective roles. So you know there's a bit of a, a friendship or a relationship there. 
Um, and I would be surprised if Awakening like just completely moved on from that. And if we take into consideration the rumors surrounding Skies and Hydra potentially teaming up on um, New York, I, I would be surprised if Florida decided to just let Awakening walk. But I, I could um, see a scenario where they decide to re-sign Awakening and build around him, which is, you know, um, what I would probably look to do in this situation if I was Florida. But um, again, that would be interesting to see if they decided to keep playing with Dave Patty and then they would have Dave Patty and Awakening together. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where this year Florida might not have had um, the strongest results. They had like a fourth place finish at one major, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, it, it's been a case where over the the three years of the CDL now, we've seen Ogre 2 and the Florida camp uh, be able to recognize young talent and uh, p pick up players who make an immediate impact like Pharaoh. Um, Awakening. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but um, yeah, we, we we've we've seen they're capable of it, despite people questioning. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of Neptune last year. Yeah. Um. Also, Frosty. They they went with him season one, which I mean, he was very good, but he's obviously not a part of the CDL anymore. Yeah. Um. So, so they have the potential and and know what they're capable of, despite results this year. I I think. Um. It'll just be interesting to see what strategy they take with everybody being technically free agents now besides Dave Patty. Yeah, and I think we should mention at this point that just because you're an uh, you know, you're under contract for the next season doesn't necessarily mean that you will be on the team next season or that you'll be a starter next season. So there there could be a chance that Dave Patty uh, during the offseason could be moved to another team or released. I don't know. Um, maybe he has one of these like uh, game launch extension things, which are, you know, it's wild that it's even a, a thing, to be honest with you. Um, and I think we should like just briefly explain it because some of these players um you know reportedly are being signed to game launch extensions which means that um they, it's not a one-year extension like it's not okay uh we're gonna pick up your team option and then you're gonna be on our uh, under contract with our organization um until the end of the 2023 season it's not like that instead these game launch extensions are essentially okay, we're going to extend you two weeks past the release date of Modern Warfare 2, which is the middle of November, likely before the CDL season even begins. So um, there is a chance, uh, theoretically, I guess, I don't know how these teams will use the game launch extensions, but there's a chance that uh, Florida, for example, signs a player to uh, one of these extensions or another organization let's say and they practice with this player on modern warfare 2 for the first week and a half two weeks and they're like well this player just doesn't really fit with us so um we're we are not going to extend you for the rest of the season which uh, essentially makes them an unrestricted free agent and they can sign with other teams um, if they decide to pick up their um, normal extension at that point then they'll be under contract for the rest of the season i personally think this is a horrible thing for players teams it makes 100 percent 
uh, sense because you get to see exactly what players are capable of and what these teams are capable of within the first two weeks of launch. But for the players, you have... Uh, for the players under this extension, they have essentially no security because at the end of that two weeks, when the middle of November comes around and it's been two weeks since Modern Warfare 2 came out, there's a very real chance that player could be without a job, without a spot in the league. And then you're in a situation where you're trying to get maybe just a substitute spot on a CDL roster because everybody else has already signed their players. Like this is essentially three months from now and we've already seen so much activity within roster mania and how these teams are moving like there's no telling how many spots will even be left by the middle of november uh, what do you think of the game launch extension stuff yeah i think like you said it makes a lot of sense for organizations and um might not make you know be the best situation for players um, I forget what I was reading. There was something I was going to bring up, but I forgot where it was. I think maybe Chrome tweeted something about it. And like the, or it was um, Brett Diamond. Let me look it up real quick. He tweeted something about like the initial purpose behind it, which was something that um, got me thinking when I saw it initially. Um... Yeah, I, I saw him say something about restricted free agency. So I would assume. It's like in that same set of tweets. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen yeah. a few people comment on like whether this is like a good thing or not. And I just think it's like if the players were represented in the same way that players are represented in traditional sports, usually by you know, like they have their own union, a players association and whatnot. Like I don't think that would have been a thing because – it just doesn't provide like any security for a player, and I'm sure you're not going to sign Scump to a game launch extension. You would sign that, a that's what I was... a promising young challengers player um, or somebody you're taking a chance on, and those are the people that are most vulnerable, and they're probably the most agreeable to that kind of situation. So um, I just think like uh, if if there was representation for the players, I don't think that would have been uh, a thing that would have been approved by both parties. Yeah, so that that's what I was trying to get to when I, I was thinking, um, is that it, it's essentially like an early season 14-day contract like the NBA does, mm -hmm. and you don't expect, so like Crone tweeted, um, Methods had a game launch option extended or whatever, like that's not like the type of player you really expect to be in this situation, where on the other hand, you see um, Crone tweeted that um, well, he said Cammy, Scrappy, and Hixie had game launch extended. Uh, for Toronto, Cammy, that's like, you know, doesn't really make as much sense because Cammy was an MVP, uh, top five MVP candidate in Cold War. But for like guys like Scrappy and Hixie, it makes a little bit more sense because they're challengers players trying to prove themselves. So I think that's like what the intention was behind it was to try and, you know, have these younger players get a chance and then um, see what they're capable of early on. But also, at the same time, like two weeks at the beginning of a COD is really hard to judge, A, what the game is even going to be like, and B, what players are capable of. Because who knows how different the meta is going to be. You don't even know what the official map set is really at that point in the first two weeks. Um, I remember just like off the top of my head in, in MW 2019, like they were saying that at the play test, um, 
I, I'm pretty sure it was Slasher who said it, that, like, the playtest was Arklov peak hard point, and there was, like, 30-plus hard points on the map. And, like, obviously that didn't make it in the final edition, but, like, if, if there's a situation like that early in this game and, you, and you're judging a player's entire, like, season potentially on that, like, that's a little ridiculous. I'm um, not saying that's going to happen here, but um, just goes to the point that it's really tough to judge stuff very early in a COD right exactly after it's launched. Um, so we're just going to have to keep our eyes on how that develops for these players who are quote-unquote getting the, the game launch extensions or whatever. Yeah, I think there's potential for like expanding this into essentially what a preseason roster spot would be on a football team where you sign almost double the number of players that you're allowed to have at the beginning of the season and then you kind of cut players as you go along as you see more of them as you practice more with them you see how they interact with teammates how they play and whatnot I think there is potential for that where you could say okay you can have uh, let's you know there's four players in a starting team but you can have up to 20 players under contract in the preseason so you can practice with them you can play with them um, they get paid like a normal player uh, but you know they don't have guaranteed contracts essentially when the season starts maybe something like that could work um, I found the tweet that you were referring to about Brett Diamond uh, essentially Crone said pretty pretty sure the intention for it was to see how players played on the new game highly doubt that's what teams will be using it for though and then Brett Diamond who's the COO of the Minnesota Rockers um, organization version one he said quote we've never used it but yes that was the original intention I think that it is you know in theory a good idea in the sense like you want to see how players play on a completely different game because Modern Warfare doesn't play exactly like how Black Ops Cold War does, and Cold War doesn't play the same as Vanguard, and Vanguard won't play the same as MW2. But in the sense of like, like these are legit, like these are real people. Like these are people with jobs, with like, you know, hopes and aspirations to be professional players. And I think that some of these pe uh, people might be kind of, I don't know, like enticed to make these decisions like i have to do this i have to take this opportunity because you know i'll take a game launch extension because i need to hopefully get in the cdl but it could also you know end up really badly and that's kind of like what i'm thinking about and i'm sure there are thoughts within the league about that as well because you don't want these young players to essentially be taken advantage of or possibly um you know like not be able to like be in the league because they took this one chance that didn't work out but um hopefully we won't see very many of those and those that we see are they you know they're capitalized on and players are able to be extended for the rest of the season um we talked about uh toronto uh or you mentioned toronto when you were talking about the game launch extensions uh so we should mention that bance who's been with toronto since the beginning uh of its um you know, of its announcement, he's uh, part of the inaugural roster. He announced that he's an unrestricted free agent um, after spending three years with the Toronto Ultra. And Cami revealed that he is a restricted free agent. So he um, is apparently uh, able to be bought out if teams want to do that. Uh, what do you think of that? Because Toronto last season uh, finished second place at Champs, one of the best teams in the league, uh, especially in the 
you know, pretty much the entire season uh, as soon as they brought in Insight. Um, and they just never really seemed to click this year, and they were pretty disappointing, uh, especially near the end of the year when they, I think they finished sixth at Champs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so what do you think of Toronto making these changes or these contract announcements? Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely surprised by uh, the bands change. I know um, when we were talking last episode at the end of our champs recap, just very briefly and quickly, like fired through all the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto is one of the teams where I said, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to stick it out just because they did so last year and they've had a lot of chemistry. But I felt like if they were going to make a change, that Bance would probably be um, one of the potential targets. That just makes a lot of sense just because, you know, um, Bance doesn't drop the best statistics and um, that's, you know, something a lot of people look at in certain situations. So um, if Toronto's looking for like a, a slang slash statistical upgrade, um, Bance is one player they could look to do that with. So um, not entirely surprised by that decision that he's unrestricted free agent. Um, we'll be interested to see if he finds himself on another CDL team next year. I am slightly surprised by the cami change, though, just because, um, you know, being restricted free agent doesn't necessarily mean he won't be back on Toronto uh, next year. But it just seems like, based on the phrasing, that um, it's likely going to be uh, insight in Kleenex plus two new players. So um, that's a little surprising just because, like I was saying earlier, you know, Cami was a top five MVP candidate for Cold War, so he's definitely uh, got some potential. Um, it's certainly going to be one of the players that I'll be interested to see what he what what he does and where he lands in the offseason. Yeah, and I think it should be mentioned that with these uh, two contract announcements, so Bance being a free agent and then Cami being a restricted free agent, the four players under contract for Toronto, Kleenex, Insight, Hixie, and Scrappy. And Hixie and Scrappy were the substitutes for uh, the Ultra um, this past season, uh, and they were on the very successful uh, Toronto Ultra NA Academy team. Um, And Insight and Kleenex, obviously, incredibly talented players uh, on the Ultra. I think that's a possible team, to be honest, um, that four. uh, And I would be really shocked if Scrappy is not starting on a CDL roster at the beginning of next season. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how things go uh, for them. But definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um, and then let's go to the Gorillas because they're, this was kind of, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of teams keep, um, you know, this season at least. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of teams decide to keep players under contract um, in the event that, you know, they might actually be moved um you know we think that could be the case with paul x he he announced that he's an rfa but um the gorillas announced that they are uh, not picking up the option of gunless who was on the bench at the end of the season but they would pick up the options of slasher hook spart uh, neptune and asim uh, asim was also on the bench at the end of the season uh, but i do think like obviously there are five players there I don't think this is going to be the starting roster or, you know, any of these four players, uh, you know, will make up the starting roster. So what do you make of LAG making these moves in addition to Ricky moving into a management role? So what do you think? Yeah. And on that note too, Bevels was announced that uh, he'll no longer be coaching. So 
um, or no longer be coaching LEG, sorry. Mm-hmm. So w- with Bevel's leaving and Ricky having a role change there, that means that the organization's looking for uh, a completely new coaching staff. And even though they have signed these five players to um, extensions, I would be very surprised like you if, if they ran it back with any combination of uh, these five players here. Maybe they keep one or two around and, and build around that, but I don't think we see all uh, a combination of these four players as LAG's roster. Next year, I, I think they'll have a fresh coaching staff and they'll look to build a roster once that is in place. At least that's how it would make sense to me. Um, so I am kind of surprised that they extended these players, but, you know, again, from a business perspective, if they think they're going to be able to get a buyout um, for a lot of these guys, a guy like Spart, um, obviously is probably most likely to um, be acquired via buyout just because, again, I would assume he was on a relatively low uh, contract close to or at the the minimum salary in the CDL, mm-hmm. which would mean his buyout probably isn't that high as opposed to guys like Slasher and Hook, at least in my mind. So um, that would make sense. It, it'll be interesting to see, though, if some of these other organizations are willing to pay that um, assumedly larger buyout for guys like Slasher and Hook. Yeah, definitely a... a... Uh, and we could see Neptune, who signed midseason. Um, you know, he was released from the subliners, so there's a chance that his his contract is also lower as well. Um, so uh, there's always that possibility. Uh, let's talk about Minnesota. Um, th- they th- they announced that Attach, Standy, and Priesta um, will all be unrestricted free agents because their contracts expire. Um, they were going to be unrestricted free agents regardless. And then the, the franchise also announced that they won't be picking up Havoc's team option. Um, he signed midseason and uh, replaced Major Maniac in the roster. Um, and that uh, Fame, who signed very late in the season, I believe before the fourth major, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he signed as a substitute. Uh, they are picking up his team option for next season. Uh, what do you make of the Rockers' changes here? And, uh, you know, not, not, not necessarily changes, uh, really only the Havoc news is that surprising because they actually had the ability to pick up his option. But what do you make of the Rocker and kind of their future in uh, roster mania, I guess? Yeah, we, we're thinking a lot of like today. I was That's pretty much what I was going to say. It, may, it makes a lot of sense that um, these Rocker guys would be unrestricted free agents just trying to completely um, rebuild the squad. I am a little surprised they didn't pick up the option on Havoc just because, again, he was, you know, midseason acquisition, likely close to the minimum salary, and therefore probably uh, would have made sense from a business perspective to try and keep him around. But... Um, I'm just more so surprised that all of the players are unrestricted free agents because although they can re-sign back, I, I feel like um, Rocker is one of those teams that would like build around that. I feel they could build around Attach, Standy, and Priesta. Like any one of them um, is a player I could see them building around. It's just the fact they're all unrestricted and in theory might not. There, there's a possibility where Rocker doesn't have any of them come 2023. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely an interesting situation. I feel like um, Attach is at that point in his career now where um, he's more of an AR player, and it seems like he performed better this past year on an AR. Um, and we've always, you know, we've talked about just the main AR position is one that's difficult 
um, more difficult to fill because there's only 12 main ARs in a 12-team league, so it, you know, pinches the pool a little bit there. Um, but, you know, Attach is also a guy that throughout his career has put a heavy, heavy emphasis on uh, content, you know, not to the extent of someone like Scump, but, you know, he, he's up there when, when it comes to, like, you know, the CDL pros producing consistent content while also competing. So um, that's something that I feel like ups his value to any potential org, and I feel like the Rocker, the Rocker since its inception as a franchise has done a really good job with content. And um, that partnership just makes a lot of sense to me. So I, I would think that they are going to try to uh, build around Attach. But again, who knows what happens? There's there's always stuff that happens in these roster medias that nobody predicts. Um, it will just be, again, interesting to see um, what comes of this situation and, and how Rocker decides to go about things. I think it is cool... Um, like I was talking about content, but you were also saying, I think you might have said it like after um, the podcast last week or something like that, how they had the uh, the post-champs press conference and stuff like that. that, that that's something really um, only the Rocker does. And I, I think it obviously would be really cool if all the teams did it, but at least we know um, with the Rocker doing it, we'll likely um, have a, a better picture of exactly what went um, down involving like the roster construction and stuff like that as opposed to you know more guesswork that we have to do with other organizations yeah definitely i think um it would make sense to at least bring one of these players back i think attach is probably the top of the list um because he was really really good this year and i think that will make him a very uh high valued target um so when it comes to the next season, um, I think a lot of teams will uh, certainly want him to uh, be a part of their rosters, but it's pretty uh, difficult in all honesty to predict those things, especially like you said, as an AR player, um, he is, you know, he really only has a few spots that he could go to, um, especially if players like Octane and Dashy and, and those sort that they, um, you know, they keep. Uh, a part of their roster um if we don't have anything else to talk about in minnesota let's talk about paris real quick or i guess what is soon to be the las vegas legion or whatever they're going to call themselves um they're pretty much scrapping their entire roster it seems uh at least four of their five players are going to be unrestricted free agents uh gravity john johnny and jimbo all announced that they will be unrestricted free agents this offseason um whereas temp has not announced his contract status but usually when they don't announce that that usually is a good sign for the organization so i would assume that temp is um either going to get his team option picked up or re-signed. Um, we would really know exactly what was going on if the, the Call of Duty League would um, update their player tracker, which uh, you know kind of tracks everybody's movement and whatnot, but um, that's here nor there. Uh, what do you think of Paris? Obviously, uh, the worst season in CDL history, so they had to make some changes. Uh, what do you think about um, all of these players, Gravity, John, Johnny, and Jimbo, um, you know, hitting free agency? Not surprised at all. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens with Temp if the new, or I, it's not really a new organization, if Vegas decides to keep Temp around and build around him heading in the next year, or if they're just looking to uh, 
you know, sell him off for a profit and then do the whole thing where they, they form another cheap roster um, and most likely struggle again in 2023. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Don't really have too much to say on Paris slash Vegas. Um, just obviously now because of the four players announcing free agency, it, it's there's not much to look at here. But beyond temp and I guess really theory, um, mm, yeah. who is their coach if, if they decide to retain him or uh, if they look for another coach there? Yeah, I th- I think it was um, kind of a predictable move that they would move on from, if not the entire roster, at least like the bulk of it. Uh, and if they are moving on from these four players and keeping temp, I think that's a good move. I think temp is the one to build around if there was anybody on that team uh, to build around. And, um, you know, at least this is probably the first good move that Paris has made in like three years. So like we, we should applaud them for doing something that was logical and had quite a bit of reasoning behind it. Um, The only other roster moves or the only other contract stuff that I think has been announced so far um, the Boston Breach, uh, they were actually the first team to announce um, any kind of contract uh, status. They announced on August 12th that they would not be exercising their team option on TJ Haley's contract. Um, and then they announced a few days later that, uh, or Capsule announced a few days later that he was an unrestricted free agent, which was kind of surprising. But, um, you know, I guess... Not surprising in the sense that he got benched late in the season, which always can kind of cause a rift or something um, in a team if that, if that is the case. But uh, TJ and Cap are both going to be uh, free agents. Um, what do you think of that? I'm kind of surprised by the capsule move, but based on the late season benching and um, the results Boston saw once Vivid came into the lineup, I guess it kind of makes sense from that perspective. But... Uh, Capital showed that he is an explosive talent who might have some issues with consistency, but um, when he's playing, he he can you know shoot with the rest of them. And I I think um, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he still at the end of the season ended up with the highest kill game in a Bokic hard point. Um, so like that just goes to show the potential that he has. I don't think this is the last we hear of Capital. Um, might be a situation where he has to start the upcoming season in Challengers, make his way back up. But um, I would be very surprised if a team didn't take a chance on him in at least a substitute role. Um, obviously, that's probably not what he's going to be looking for. Without talking to him, we don't know for sure. But um, I'd assume he's going to be trying to get a starter role regardless of that. But I could see um, a team, you know, look at him and the potential he offers and, and try to sign him to a uh, subcontract, but we'll, we'll just have to see. It was kind of interested or uh, kind of, you know, surprised that Boston didn't just, at least in that sense, try to extend his option and keep him as a potential substitute. Um, but yeah, the, the TJ move makes a little bit of sense to me. I, I mean, um, I wouldn't say he necessarily struggled this year, but he he had some moments where he popped off and um i don't know i think i think it just makes sense from boston to try to um go in a different direction there and you know obviously him and methods are friends so um could be uh, i don't know it, it'd be 
I feel like Methods is the player Boston brought in to build around with his brand and, you know, the streaming background and all that stuff um, was a good initial signing is what we said last year. And um, if they were like, like just because of the, the friendship that Methods and TJ have, if they're um, trying to uh, build around methods continually moving into the future. I'd be very surprised if like the organization didn't at least approach methods uh, to ask about moving on from TJ beforehand, but it's also, you know, business end of the day. So mm-hmm. um, all speculation there, we don't really know what's happening beyond the scenes. It's just, um, I guess Boston could go in multiple directions. I could see them trying to build around methods in this upcoming year, but we also saw the potential of vivid and Nero as a duo um, and they could look to build around those two and then get some ARs behind them. So um, definitely another situation here where, you know, for a lot of these teams, we don't know everything yet. We just have little bits and pieces. And um, just I'm really looking forward to the end result for all of it. Yeah, and uh, I watched um, that Into the Breach little mini YouTube video that they um, the, the Boston Breach released I think that was two days ago now, um, but it was essentially kind of documenting things throughout the years. So from the very beginning about like building the roster and kind of their ups and downs throughout the first uh, their first year in the CDL. And um, I think the the one quote that was like the the most um, you know I think poignant for for what we're talking about is they were uh, I think it was. I think it was Dens talking about uh, building the roster. He said that, you know, we were the last to build a roster last season or before this uh, past season. Um, And now we have a chance to, you know, make changes early and become the first uh, team to make these changes to go after players. So I think that is an important part of uh, the Breach's philosophy going into the, the free agency period. They have a chance to get players that they had absolutely no possible chance at even talking to, really. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see whether they are able to, um, you know, lure a free agent and i think i believe it was dens again said that um they have uh the complete support of their ownership group so um that's that's something that you know maybe they're able to spend a little more money um than other teams paris for example um maybe they're able to spend that money and um get a bigger free agent someone that we might not expect uh them to sign um and with that we don't really have anything to talk about with phase uh, no announcements, like I said, Optic, um, Prolute in general, uh, two of their substitutes announced that they're unrestricted free agents. Uh, the Thieves, Pentagram, like I said, um, one of their substitutes, he announced he's a free agent. Uh, and London, Seattle have not announced any changes as well. London is the one, though, that I would expect out of you know those four or five teams. Um, I would be shocked if London ran it back with their roster after a really disappointing end to the season. Um, at, at one point, I thought they were pretty much like the third or fourth best team in the league. They ended up going out of champs without a win. Um, I believe they were reverse sweep twice. Um, you know, just kind of a, a ridiculous end to their season. Um I, I think Afro is going to be a, a hard free agent to re-sign. Um, if he is an unrestricted free agent, like I think, um, because he's shown a lot of talent. There's, there are other teams in the league that would probably like to have that kind of talent. 
and um, I think the price for him will be higher than um, it was when they originally signed him. Uh, but they also have Zero, Gizmo, and Nasty, and they also have Harry on their bench. So um, uh, I don't really know what to expect from London because they seem to be very dedicated to building a um, a British you know slash European lineup. Um, but what do you think about London? Obviously, they're probably going to make changes. Yeah, I agree. I think London definitely makes changes. Afro, um, depending on his contract status, becomes priority number one, at least in my opinion. Um, and then for Seattle, haven't heard anything about them, but I mentioned it last time at the end of the show. Um, safe to assume Pred and Sibber locks on Seattle for next year no matter what, and then maybe they look to upgrade at the AR position. Yeah, definitely um, a possibility for them. Uh, I don't really, you know, we might, if optic changes, that's kind of like the the domino effect, and we'll see so many changes as a result of that. Uh, but I don't personally expect that to happen. It might, who knows, um, you know, what the inner workings of the team are or what kind of deals um, they might get offered. Um, the Thieves, there's really no shot that they would, you know, blow it up or even change one little thing. Um, I don't think there's ever been a champs winner that has, you know, changed their roster. Um, obviously, since we started the CDL, um, it didn't change uh, for the Empire. Um, they just kind of had to change. Like, that wasn't, uh, they weren't going to try to do that. You know, they weren't going to try to get rid of Clacer. But when the, the league decides to go from 5v5 to 4v4, you're kind of made to make that decision. Um, and and I I don't really think it'll happen here uh, with uh, the Los Angeles Thieves. They're still pretty much celebrating their champs win as they rightfully should. Um, but you know I don't see any changes coming for them. Um, I think the big date that everybody really needs to be focused on is uh, Monday, August twenty second. Um, I believe it's at like three three a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, so Monday morning. That's when free agency officially begins, where teams can, you know, put pen to paper essentially and sign these players to new deals. Um, so that's kind of the the big day for free agency in Call of Duty right now. Um, so we probably won't hear a ton of you know actual confirmed uh, news reports, but um, we could get uh, Chrome dropping some Chrome bombs or. Uh, other uh, reporters coming out and uh, talking about some of the moves that are going to be made. But um, as far as confirmation, we probably won't get anything until at least next week. Hopefully teams will not do what they've, you know, some of them have done and wait until, you know, like November to make these announcements. Um, I hope things go by kind of quickly. I would like to get all the information so we can at least talk about it and it's not so up in the air, but um, we'll see about that. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about um, before we get on out of here? Um, not necessarily. I think just on the note of champs rosters, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head where um, since champs moved to the end of the season, a team has made the change prior to the next season after winning, um, again, outside of the examples where um, EG would have moved to Envy with the move from 4v4 to 5v5 after they won, and then similar to Empire going from 5v5 to 4v4, having to change there. Um, but obviously, earlier in the days, 
of competitive COD where champs was in the middle of the season, teams certainly made changes mm. after, you know, thinking of like denial, like they changed pretty quickly after winning uh, COD champs in uh, AW. And then obviously the phase roster was formed from, you know, half of that squad. So um, we saw it early on, but I haven't really necessarily seen it outside of extreme situations where roster sizes literally changed. Um, other than that, no, I think the only thing we can just mention briefly was that um, you wrote about the Warzone 2 release date being apparently leaked and could potentially be um, Wednesday, November 16th. That was kind of an interesting piece of news earlier today, um, as well as if you digitally pre-order um, MW2, you can play campaign a week early. I think that's really cool. I know um, our friends Jim and Trem were talking about it in the Twitter chat earlier today, but um, that to me is something that could actually get me to play the campaign because I used to really like the campaigns um, early on, but like I literally have not played, even attempted to play a second of the Vanguard campaign. But if, if they give me early access a week early and that's literally the only thing I can play, um, it might get me to actually try it out. So I think that's a pretty cool um, idea. And yeah, that's just some little news bits we got earlier today um, around the upcoming games. Yeah, so if you're a, a big Call of Duty fan, then it's probably going to be a pretty eventful October, November for you. Um, if you pre-order, like uh, Bink said, you get to play the campaign a week early. So you could play it pretty much for an entire week. Then the actual game, the multiplayer uh, part of Modern Warfare 2 will release on the 28th of October. And then you can play that. And then if um, this Warzone 2 release date was indeed accurate, the leak was accurate, then on November 16th, you get Warzone 2 and you get to play that. Uh, plus Modern Warfare 2. So um, a lot of things that, um, you know, if this is true about the the Warzone 2 leak, um, that would be really big for Call of Duty. I mean, it would definitely be probably the biggest game in the world. Like, everybody would be playing it for at least a week, usually. Um, and then Warzone 2 will be much bigger than Modern Warfare 2 in general. But, um, yeah, I think that about does... Does it for the show. I think we got through all the roster mania stuff. Um, again, if you're really into the drama part of it, I would just go back and watch the VOD for the, the flank. I think they put it up on their YouTube channel. Um, so that, you know, if you want to be entertained and maybe cringe a little bit, you can go watch um, that episode of the flank. Um, but yeah, that about does it for us. Um, make sure to subscribe, like, or follow the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Um, you know, so make sure to uh, make sure to follow or subscribe or whatever. Um, follow us on Twitter. He's at jbank with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers, and the podcast Twitter is at Ego Chat Podcast. Um, not sure when the next show will be. That kind of depends on what is announced and what we really know. Um, if a bunch of roster mania stuff is. Uh, released over the next week yeah we'll probably do a show if not um, we might take a week or two off but uh, we'll let you know just follow us on twitter that usually uh, or if we don't even announce it it'll just pop up in your feed that's kind of how we've been doing it the last few weeks just you know we say like hey you want to do a show tonight yeah let's do it and then we do a show it's really um, pretty simple and straightforward um, but yeah that does it for me 
Uh, take it away, Bink. Yep. Not much to say this time. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, like you said, don't know when we're going live next, but you know, based on uh, all the circumstances of Roster Mania, there, there could be weeks where we do multiple shows. There could be weeks where we don't do any shows. So, like you said, best way to keep track of all that, follow us on Twitter, stay updated on when we'll be going live. And, yeah, that really does it. So, thank you as always, and remember to send the chow.